Hey, what's up all you investors out there? It's time for another Master Passive Income show. My name's Dustin Heiner, I'm the founder of Master Passive Income, and I help people quit their job by investing in real estate rental properties and help them to build an automatic business, one that works on its own, works for you while you sleep, and while you go on vacation, while you play with your kids or do whatever you want, and a business that makes money for you while you sleep so that you can live the dream life and quit your job. Now, last week we talked a lot about expenses. Today we're gonna finish off talking about expenses. This week we're gonna look at the sneaky expenses that sneak in and start grabbing our passive income from left and right and taking our money away. Now, when we cut those expenses, we make more money. You know, the penny saved is a penny earned and I wholeheartedly agree with that. So let's work on saving some pennies so we can earn some more money, put it in our pocket so we can do with it whatever we want. All right, guys, let's get in the show where we talk all about expenses and how to get rid of them. Let's do this. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about all aspects of real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Okay, let's get started now. I am so excited that you are here with me today, continuing on in the series where we're talking about expenses. And as we're getting started, I want to share with you a free course that I have for you. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. It's a free real estate investing course that's going to get you started down the path of passive income. It's going to show you the ins and outs. It's going to show you the benefits. It's going to show you how to do it and how to actually quit your job at the same time. All right, so get that master passive income.com forward slash free course. Now, a big problem when most people buy rental properties is they don't account for all the expenses. They don't foresee expenses. And what is happening is people get into properties and expenses come up, they don't foresee, and they don't make enough money to cash flow every single month. And it's sad to say, but some people even get into where they're paying money every single month into the property, whether it be the mortgage, whether it be something else, they're putting money out of their pocket into the rental property. Well, that is not a good investment. Now, recently, this has just happened. The Notre Dame Cathedral in France just burnt down like a day or two ago. And what is very, very shocking is that something that was 800 and 50 years old was number one, standing for that long and still intact. And number two, that it went up in flames in such a quick, horrific looking um, visual. I mean, if you watch any of the videos, you can see how those flames destroyed it. Now, I'm praising the Lord that last year in 2018, I actually took my family all through Europe on a six-week trip. We saw 11 different countries, and France was one of them. We got to go into France. We went down the southern part, uh, almost southern portion of France, which was really, really nice. And Alsace, I think, is what it was called, the area. And then we went up into Paris. We got to see how amazingly beautiful and crazy um, like decorations and architecture. It was just amazing to see. We got to see Notre Dame, and the great thing about it was it was there forever. We got to experience it, but now nobody's going to be able to experience that again because now it's literally 
gone. Fire took that. Now that got me thinking about rental properties and how fire is something that was going to, is going to potentially take away properties. Now, it's so very sad that the this French building, now it's, I'll say, even though it was a Roman Catholic building, the French actually owned it, which was really, really interesting. Even though they had the Roman Catholics use it, what it actually turned out was Napoleon came in and took over um, and basically let the Roman Catholics, I believe this is a story, let the Roman Catholics utilize the the um, uh, Notre Dame Cathedral. And then from there, it just, you know, they kept it. Now it's a part of the Roman Catholic, um, you know, people go there, Roman Catholics and stuff. So it's really interesting to see that the ownership wasn't from the Roman Catholics. The Rome did not own that building, but France did. They were just just leasing it out basically to the Roman Catholics, but now it went up in flames. Now I have had a rental property catch on fire. Now I'm definitely going to say, praise the Lord. It was while somebody had moved out. I am just assuming that they did not do anything, but anyways, um, tenants moved out and a week later there was a fire um, and nobody was living in there. I was getting renovated. There was a fire in one of the ceilings, like maybe it was the um, uh, ceiling fan or something like that, caught fire. So it didn't burn down. The fire, play, fire department got to it. They cut holes in the roof. And anyways, it was all, It would have been, I don't know, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 worth of damage. Um, and so I was just in awe that a fire so quickly can take out a building like like mine. And that was a good producer. I got some really good rents out of that. It was a great property. So I was very, very sad to see it go. Now, you do have insurance. Now, I don't know about you know Notre Dame and if that actually has insurance or anything like that, or if they would insure that or whatever it might be. But that is what I'm thinking about today. Expenses that are hopefully needless, that you're not going to need, that an insurance, fire insurance is not one of those, other expenses like fire insurance, liability insurance, and property damage, theft, and stuff like that, that you want to be accounted for. And those are expenses that you really must spend. And what I want to do is I want to bring up some more expenses, but then also give you ways to get out of these expenses. Now, there are so many different types of expenses. Not all of them you're going to see, but if you go to last week's episode, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 054. You're going to see where I talk about the big expenses that you would normally see. Now, today we're going to be talking about the other expenses that could come up that you may have to account for and you want to watch out for them. And if you're going to go get to the show notes so you can see these all written out and listen to it again, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 05. This is the 55th podcast episode, so forward slash 055. All right, so now when we're looking at expenses that we have in our business, we want to really account for every expense, just like when we're looking at how much we could rent the property for, how much income that can go into our pocket. We don't assume that Zillow.com is right or Redfin.com or Trulia or something like that, a website is right. We want to account for it by the people that are there on the ground, our property managers, the people that are there working on properties that are already renting properties in that area. They know how much it would rent for. I'll give you an example. I had a student of mine. I think I might have mentioned this last episode, but I got to say it again. A student of mine had a property in an area that I already invest in, and he was looking at it. He wants to buy it. The realtor 
told him that he should be able to get $1,000 a month from that property. And I said, well, where's that property? You know, send me the information so I can look it up. So because he's my student, I wanted to make sure he's buying the right property. So I did it. I now analyzed the property. That's what I do with all my students. I analyze properties for them, making sure they're getting good deals. And I told him that, hey, this property is literally like, I don't know, maybe a mile or less from my property. It looks about the same exact from my property. And I am having a hard time renting it for $850. And he's like, oh, wow, man, if I'm going after a property that I think I could get $1,000 for, but I may be able to get $800 for, that's $200 less than I would normally get. And if I put that in my numbers, if I say that I'm going to be making $1,000 a month, but I would really make $850 or $800, that's really going to be bad on your passive income. It's going to really eat in your passive income. So you want to have all the income accounted for by talking to property managers, seeing what you should be able to rent it for. From there, we want to make sure we understand the expenses, the things that are going to be taking money out of our pocket. Now, the first one I want to talk about is an easy one to get rid of. So I'm going to talk about it and then also give you a way out of it. Now, If you have a property manager, one way to help bring down the amount of money coming out of your pocket for your property manager is to negotiate all those expenses. Everything from how much money you're going to pay them to lease the property, you know, finder's fee, how much you would pay if they are rehabbing the property, how much your monthly payment will be, or even monthly fee if it's 10%, 8%. But anyways, You always want to negotiate down everything in this business, everything that you're going to be paying out. So negotiate the fee that you're going to be paying them down every bit, like go through their management agreement and see what they're going to be charging for and negotiate that down. Now, if you are managing your properties yourself, if you are going to be managing them, finding tenants and all that sort of stuff, you're going to have to have a management system, a property management system that collects rents that the tenant can actually put in. Hey, there's a maintenance here, like the the toilet's leaking. They can put in a maintenance request there. You can account for all the expenses and put those in there. You're going to be able to account for all the income that's going to be coming in. The tenants are even going to be able to pay online. They're going to be able to pay their their bill or sorry, their, their lease with a credit card or with a bank check or something like that. So they're going to have ways to pay their bill or their lease. And at the same time, you're going to be able to track everything. You're even going to be able to have the property listed online for free in many different ways on many different sites. And it's all for free. And so here's the software I'm going to give you. If you're managing yourself, and even if you don't manage a property yourself, it's a good idea to get set up for one because who knows, there may be a time when you're actually going to need this. So here's the website I'm going to give you. Actually, it's my link to get there. It shows that you come from me, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash cozy, C-O-Z-Y. If you go there, they'll know you're from me and and it'll help me out with uh, keeping track of all my students. But go there, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash C-O-Z-Y. It's called Cozy. And it's super awesome. You can do everything from your phone. You can even do it from your desktop computer, your laptop. Everything is there online. And here's the best part. It is absolutely free for you and me as landlords, as investors. It's free for us. Now, when I first heard about this, I was like, okay, wait, that's just, that's suspicious. How are you guys making money? Well, what it comes down to, they make money on running the background checks. 
So whenever you put a property out there, and I'm going to say everybody, you must do a background check. If you haven't listened to my other podcasts, definitely listen to my other podcasts. I share a lot about background checks and how even just doing one background check can save you thousands of dollars. Even if it costs you money, it's worth it. But this is a service that charges the tenant to, I don't know, like $30 or something like that to do a background check. And you get to have the credit history. You get to have criminal eviction, all that good stuff on the tenant to see if they're going to be a good tenant to put in your place. So go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash cozy, forward slash cozy, C-O-Z-Y. Get yourself a good property management system. I fully, fully endorse these guys. I've talked to them. I met with them. They are super awesome. They're always updating their system to make sure everything's working well and everything's working better. It's absolutely terrific. Now, let's move on. Your next thing that might come up is a bookkeeper and software expense that can be eliminated. So if you're going to be tracking all your own expenses, like let's say I want to hire a bookkeeper to track all my income, all my expenses to really account for everything, you can do that. Or let's say I want to buy QuickBooks and I want to use QuickBooks. I want to do it all myself. You can absolutely do that. What you're definitely going to need is to be able to account for your income and expenses. You know, if you just put everything in a shoebox and then do everything at the very end, you know, right before your taxes are supposed to be due, which right now, actually, right now it's the 16th. So taxes were due yesterday, um, April 15th. But if you wait until the very end, then you have a lot of work to do. It's so much better if you do just a little bit of work every single month on all your properties, put them in the num- put in the numbers. And, and in fact, this is all that I work. Like I said, this is automatic business. When I say it's an automatic business, it means I don't work. The only thing that I actually do is I just get the statements. I run through all the numbers to make sure everything looks good. There's nothing you know big going on. My property managers are not stealing from me and stuff like that, which I have had happen. I fired them right away and got somebody else, but that's what you need to do. And maybe I'll do a show where we talk about that um, in, a, in, a, in a future episode. But what we have is now statements coming in. We look at them. It takes me roughly about an hour or less, 30 minutes to an hour to go through all the statements, check all the properties, make sure they're doing good. And then I'm done. I don't work anymore. Now, once I, when I'm doing that, I'm also one hour a month putting my information in. And this is what I'm going to say that is going to help you. All you really need is Google Drive or Microsoft OneDrive, these two different softwares, or even Microsoft Excel, just having it on your computer. You can create an Excel sheet that all you need to do is track your expenses, all the money coming out of your pocket for each particular property, line itemize those out, make sure you get a total for repairs, for maintenance, for mortgage, for property management fees, things like that. Get a total for the entire year. And remember, you're doing this every single month. Every month you're putting in this month's information. Then by the end of the year, you total all that up and that is your expenses for your property and you have your income for your property. It's so much more simple if you do it one by one, little by little every single month. So go to Google Drive, go to Microsoft OneDrive or go to get, you know, get Excel if you probably already have Excel. Just open up a spreadsheet and create one per property or what I do since I have many, many properties, I have one sheet for a a specific property manager, another sheet for another property manager, another sheet for another property manager. So they're all in one one uh, workbook or, you know, Excel sheet. So that's all together, but they're separated. So each one is separate. So that's what my suggestion is. Make sure each property has its own way of calculating expenses and income. So you do both of those income and expenses 
and account for those every single month. If you do that, it's going to save you a lot of money. Now, if you get to where you have, you know, hundreds of properties, having a bookkeeper, book, I said book, having a bookkeeper would actually do a lot to make sure that you're actually saving money, which is good because they're going to be checking all your expenses, saving you time. And if you have that much money coming in from all those properties, you can afford it, which is a good idea. So, um, if you go to the show notes, I have an example of the type of system that I use. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 055. I'll have a screenshot of the Excel spreadsheet that I actually use. All right, so another expense that comes up is your capital reserve expense. Basically, saving money enough so that if something did happen to the property, you would be able to have money to afford that expense. Here's basically what it comes down to. A furnace goes out. Your furnace goes out, that's gonna be you know, maybe $3,000 to get that fixed. Well, you wanna have money. You don't wanna have to dip into a credit card or not have that furnace repaired because then you have bad things going on with your tenants. You want to be able to repair those right away. So you want to have reserves. You want to have money saved in order to be able to make those expenses or those repairs and maintenance things taken care of if you have to dip into those. Now, when you have a number, like a lot of properties, we have 30 plus properties, 40 plus, you know, you have lots of properties. As money comes in, you're not going to need to worry so much about capital reserve, but you should have a capital reserve. And I have other podcast episodes where I talk about capital reserves and how much you should have and all that sort of stuff. So check those out. But with capital reserve expense, one thing you could be doing, let's say you had 20 properties and you had $20,000 saved up just in expenses or capital reserve just in case. Well, if it's sitting in a savings account that's making you 0.012%, that is ridiculous. I remember... Um, I was starting my business account at Chase Bank for my properties. And they said, hey, do you want a savings account? I said, well, that's interesting. How much do I make on the savings? Oh, it's a good interest rate, they said. And they showed me it's 0.015%, which means in a year after having $20,000, I might make a dollar or $2 or something. I mean, it's so ridiculous. It's like, why would I even put my money in a savings account? I don't make anything. So here's what I would give you. Your money is sitting there in a bank. It should be making you money. Now, I personally use a bank that gives me 2.45%. That's right, 2.45, almost 2.5% return on my money. Isn't that crazy? Like even inflation is 2 to 3%. So it's all it's going to be either beating inflation or being right next to inflation, which is great. So the bank that I use is CIT Bank. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash bank, B-A-N-K, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash bank. It'll take you right there. Go ahead and sign up there and put your money in there. When you put your money in there, you're going to have a savings account. So it's liquid. That's a big thing. I don't put my money in CDs where I'll get penalized when I pull it out. I want to put it in a bank and a bank that I'm gonna be able to get to whenever I want. Like I'm gonna buy another property. I wanna be able to take that money out to buy that property. So I have plenty of money inside of the CIT bank. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash bank. Get signed up for your bank account. Put your money inside there. It's FDIC insured and all that, all the good stuff. So you're gonna be taken care of. But you will also be able to make 2.45%. It would just be super amazing to make money on your money, at least to keep up with inflation. Because if you just let, if you put your money under your mattress, 
Like you, let's say you put $10,000 on your mattress. Well, in 10 years, it's only going to be worth like $9,000 or $8,500, depending on what the government does. It's only going to be worth that much in buying power because everything goes up. Like right now, I want to say the minimum wage is like $10 or $12 or something. It's so ridiculous. When I first started working, it was like $375. And I'm not that old. I'm only 40 years old. I'm, I'm almost 40. In June, I'll be 40 in a couple months. But when I first started working, it was so low. It was 375 or 425. Now it's like double that. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's what I mean. Over time, your money will not be able to buy what it used to. That's what inflation means. Prices of everything goes up. So that $10,000, you'll still have $10,000, but you only be able to buy $9,000 worth of stuff. So go ahead and get yourself masterpassiveincome.com forward slash bank. That'll get you in there. Now, another one that is going to pop up is homeowner association fees. I personally hate homeowner association fees. It's actually, no, I take that back. It's more of a love-hate relationship. I have a properties, I have properties in homeowners associations, and they are good because they do keep an eye on the area, make sure that you don't get, you know, uh, riffraff or you don't get bad things. You know, people don't park their cars on the streets and all that sort of stuff. But they also do say, hey, it's in the bylaws. We have we if and when we tell you to paint your house, you have to paint your house or things like that. So it's a love-hate. They do good things to keep the properties nice, but at the same time, they cost you a lot of money. So Homeowner association fees, there is a big thing I'm going to tell you before you buy the rental property. If there is a homeowner's association, which you should double check with the realtor, double check, sorry, double check with the title company, double check with everybody, even the, the seller. If there is a homeowner's association, they should disclose that to you and read the documents because you have to sign the documents. You have It's like a law that in order to buy that property, you have to sign and be a part of the homeowner association. If you don't sign, you're not going to be able to buy it. That's just the way it works out. In a previous podcast, I interviewed an investor named Michael. He bought a property in Las Vegas that was in a homeowner's association. He read through them, but not well enough. He did not see in there that you cannot rent out the property. And so he literally bought the property, went all the way through to the very end, bought the property, excited, I'm going to go ahead and rent out this property and then boom, gets closed down by the homeowner association saying, you cannot rent the property. It's in the contract. We can take you to um, to court and you know take a lot of money from you. So he sold that property, bought a property across the street, which is not in the homeowner's association, and now rents it out. So homeowner association fees, number one, don't buy them there if there's a homeowner association free, but if you absolutely must, make sure that's accounted for in the expenses, like wholeheartedly make sure. Now prices of homeowners or cost fees, whatever you call them, they're going to go up. They do go up. So be careful about that and make sure you count those for in your expenses. Another one is charges and fees to municipalities like the county or the city or some some district that's going to be charging things like maybe there's flood or fire or or water department or sewer or garbage. All these different fees can add up. Now, what I have found is that when you come across these, the best thing to do is to pass it on to your tenant. Pass it on to your tenant so that they pay for it. Now, here's another thing that you can do. If you try to pass it on to your tenant and they don't pay it, some municipalities will actually tie it to the property. They'll put a lien against the property. It's not against the person or the tenant. Like it was specifically the water bill. The water bill put it, it puts in the tenant's name. They have to put it in their name. And if they don't pay it, 
It doesn't matter. They don't have anything come back against them. It comes back against me, the landlord, the owner, because they know they can get the money out of the landlord. They put some something inside the, the uh, ordinances or laws. It's so absolutely infuriating. So the property manager needs to double check all the time how much money is coming uh, or is being paid to the water bill. Now, what happens is that gets stuck to you. You eventually have had to pay it. I've had to pay three or $400. Now my property managers, absolutely. And I, I really tick to them if they don't, but they are watching like a hawk, these water bills. Now here's a tip, a pro tip I'm going to give you. If you have something like this and the tenant does not pay their water bill and every single month your property manager is checking, well, you take that money that they paid for their rent and pay their water bill and make sure that's in the lease, you know, can explicitly, you know, any fees or costs associated with your, um, you know, you're being a tenant. I'm not, this is not legally, how do you say it? But making sure that if you have to pay anything for them, like the water bill or anything like that, that comes out of the rent and their rent is late now because you cannot evict them for not paying their water bill in full. You can't do that. Or at least most places I've tried, it doesn't work. The, the judge comes back and says, hey, they paid the rent. You can't be a victim for that. Maybe they'll catch up. Well, they won't because I know it's happened before many times and it's going to come back on me. So what's going to happen is you say, "I'm," or this is basically what you do. You pay the water bill and then you tell the tenant, hey, your water bill, we had to pay your water bill. So now you are late 250 bucks because your rent is not fully paid. So now you're late. So you got to pay both your water bill and that as well. Uh, so your lease, your lease payment. So that is a huge tip I want to give you. Charge your tenant, but then also make sure that those are being paid. And if they're not, deduct it from the rents so that you could then evict them because they're not paying everything. They're not paying their full lease. All right, your next thing, pest and pest expenses. Like ants or bed bugs or cockroaches or whatever it might be. Now, when you are finding a property, hopefully you're finding them with no bugs. But if you buy a property, you need to make sure you account for getting rid of the bugs if there are any. And when you lease a property to a tenant, you want to make sure that the property has no pests, you know, no cockroaches, no bed bugs, no nothing. When there's nothing in there, that is your saying, hey, I'm giving this to you. And it's in good condition, no bugs whatsoever. Now, what could happen is you might have tenants that bring in bed bugs or cockroaches or whatever. Now, what would be a bad thing is if you had to pay that yourself. I had a tenant that had bed bugs and the place was completely fine without bed bugs. And then it has bed bed bugs with the tenants moved in there. They said, well, it's, it's, um, you know, $500. I'd like for you to pay half of it. I said, no. I did not bring the bed bugs in. It's not my fault that it's there. You brought them in there. I am not going to pay that expense of the bed bugs. So you want to make sure that you're and the way to get out of this is make sure it's in the lease that your tenants will take care of all of the pest inspections in um, pest abatement and pest issues, because if they bring them in, it's their job to take them out to make the property whole again. So that's test uh, or pest abatement. Next one would be landscaping. This is super simple. You know, you keep the property in good shape. You get a tenant in there and it's in good shape and you have a good looking front and backyard. Well, some places you may want to hire a landscaper or somebody to do yard maintenance. You might want to do that because it's certain area. Other areas are most, in my opinion, most areas, you just say, tenant, it's your job to take care of the land. Make sure the land is in good order. If the city comes and finds us for weeds or whatever, that's coming out of your rent to pay for that because it's your job to take care of that. Now, here's another interesting thing. I want to give you another 
Pro tip. There was a, another student of mine. So he was telling me, uh, relating a story to me about his dad. His dad had one rental property. He had it for 35 years and he had one tenant in there that was in there for the whole time, 35 years, basically paid off his entire mortgage. And he was getting old and he said to the to my friend's dad, you know, we're going to move out. We've already um, you know, found a place we're going to move out. And this is, you know, the move out date. Well, they're moving out and everything. And the dad finally asks, this is well after the fact that the tenant said we're moving out. The tenant said, well, I just want to move because I don't want to handle the yard anymore. I don't want to worry about, you know, mowing the yard or anything like that. Now, what the dad should have done way back from the beginning when the tenant was moving out after living there for 35 years, he should have said, why are you moving out? You know, why would you want to move into another place? You've been here forever. I want you to stay here. Then the tenant could have said, well, we want no yard. I don't want to have to worry about the yard again. If I were the dad, if I were having a property for 35 years and somebody lived in there for that long, paid off my mortgage. I don't have a mortgage anymore. My um, income went up. My passive income went up because I didn't have a mortgage anymore. I would tell that tenant, you know what? You've been fantastic. You are a great tenant. I absolutely, you know, I think of you as somebody that is reliable, that's going to take care of the place. I'm going to take care of you just for this one instance, because of the situation, I am going to pay for the landscaping, the maintenance of the yards for you because you've been such a terrific tenant. I want you to stay here and continue to live here. How much, how far would that, I mean, that would only cost you what, $100 a month at most to take care of the yard, maybe $50, $100, something like that. But if you're making $1,200 because you don't have a mortgage anymore, what's the extra $100? And you've got a good tenant in there. Keep them in there. If they're a good tenant, keep them in there. That's the whole general offshoot, a pro tip on landscaping, but predominantly make your tenants pay for the landscaping or take care of landscaping themselves and the maintenance. Other ones would be electricity and other utilities. I had one student who had a property and they were concerned about the electricity, the utilities, and they were concerned that the tenant would not pay for them. And what this student did was, and this is before I started working with him, he actually put the utilities, electricity, water, sewage, all that sort of stuff in his own name. And he said, the rent includes electricity and utilities. So the going rate was like $1,100. He was charging $1,100, but was paying for electricity, water, sewer, um, garbage, all that sort of stuff. And this is in Phoenix. And you use a lot of electricity in the summer in Phoenix. And so they'd crank, I mean, they crank up the AC to like, 40 or 75 degrees or 72 degrees or even 70 degrees, just having it run all day. So when they would, in the summertime, they would be making so much less money. In the winter, they'd make close to $1,000 a month. Now in the summertime, they're making like $500 a month because the electricity bill was like $500. Of course, if you separate the person that's charging the money to the person who's paying. So if the tenant is not seeing the bill out of his pocket, he's not going to try to, he or she is not going to lower the the um, amount of usage down so that they stop spending money. No, they're like, shoot, this is, I've already paid for it because it's in my, my rent. And so they would skyrocket that electric bill. So here's another tip. You, it, I mean, I would say that this does sound like common sense, but I literally had a student that actually did this. And I had to say, you got to chop, you got to stop this. You got to raise rents. You got to do this, this, and this. 
Anyways, it sounds like it's common sense, but I'm going to tell you this anyways. Make your tenants have the electricity and utilities in their name. Now, the ones that go back to you, like I was telling you about the water bill, that come back to bite you, then you want to make sure that you're checking on those. But like electricity, the electricity bill sticks with a person, not with the property. And that the person comes in, they you know it goes with them. Like it, all that sort of stuff sticks with the person. Electricity bill, the cable bill, you know, internet bill, telephone bill, all that stuff sticks with the person. So make the person, the tenant, make them pay for all of those expenses. You don't want to be paying for those. Another one that I want to give you, one of the last ones is property taxes. Now, how to get out of property taxes? You can't really get out of property taxes, but you can lower them. So your real property taxes, the property taxes you pay every single year to the county or the city. Remember, if you listen to past episodes, check the city and the county and other municipalities that and districts that might charge taxes. So check everywhere. Now, with those property taxes, you can actually get those lowered. It's called appealing the process or appealing the real value of the property. So you can't really get out of taxes, but you can reduce the amount of taxes you owe. Here's easy sum up way to do it. If you go to the county assessor, a county auditor, or just go to the county website of the property that you're living in, that specific county, and look up property taxes. You're going to be able to find a way to appeal those property taxes and lower those property taxes from whatever it is to a lower amount. And what's great is one time I even appealed, I think it was like eight properties all at once. And all those properties all at once I appealed, I won. And they sent me, I think like six checks back for a hundred and no, way more than that, $1,500, like almost a total of $1,500. And it really took me like 15 minutes of work, five to 15 minutes of worth of work, mailing in the appeal. And then I had my property manager meet them there. And I got $1,500 back because I overpaid in taxes because they lowered the amount of taxes that I owed. So I already paid, I appealed, and then they came back and said, here you go, here's money back because we lowered the amount. So now you have less to pay in taxes. Absolutely fantastic way to make sure that you have money in your pocket or coming back in your pocket or not coming out of your pocket in the end because your taxes are not taking that money out. All right, guys. Now, this has been a show where we talked about expenses and hopefully how to get out of some of these expenses. Now, if you are interested in investing in real estate, if you're interested in investing in rental properties, I want to give you a free course. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I'm going to give you a free real estate investing course. It'll help you get started, help you to understand the ins and outs, the benefits and all that good stuff about rental properties. I want to see you change your life with real estate rental property. So go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. And all of these links and everything that I talked about, I'll put these in the show notes. Also put them in the description. So go there, check all these out. And even if you want to see how I have my Excel spreadsheet set up for my properties, you can go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash zero five five. Okay. All right, everybody. This ends this show where we talk all about expenses. And I hope you get out there, start investing in real estate, account for expenses, make sure your income is going to be good so you can make money every single month from your rental properties. All right, guys, it's been great. Get out there, start investing, change your lives with rental properties. Peace out.